I've missed that sound, Mike, haven't you? Yeah. They're not having the tournament in, uh, you know, last year. It's certainly great to have NCAA March Madness back. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of On a Couch in Delco. I'm Tom, and with me, as always, uh, my co-host, Mike. What's up, everybody out there? How's all, how you all doing? And what's your bracket looking like right now, Mike? I know we promised to do a, a tournament where we'd go through the brackets episode, just couldn't make it happen uh, this week. So we're coming to you after, uh, you know, the exciting first round. Quite a few upsets. So I want to know how your bracket's shaping out so far. Pulling it up right now because some some for some reason on the, the tourney pick, I can never get to it from the um... – from the the regular website. So in our in our bracket pool of 34 members, I'm sitting 16th right now. Um wherever I can find it. Braden's first first bracket. We got uh we didn't get that Ohio over Virginia. Uh we had USC beating Drake cuz cuz Braden liked the uh, the Trojan mascot better. Um we definitely definitely didn't um we we picked Georgetown over Colorado. That was that was not a good one. <laughs> we did not get Ab- we did not get Abilene Christian beating Texas either. Um, that was a, that was a bad beat for for our bracket. Uh, I this bracket is um, it is busted beyond belief. Now that I look at it for the first time, we did have Loyola Chicago moving on. We did have Illinois, right? We got Syracuse, West Virginia matchup. Other than that, it, it's um, lots of red everywhere, Tom. <laughs> and, and that's what happens every year with the tournament. And that's what makes it, I say, it's the best sports uh, playoff in in sports. I know you think the NHL playoffs, uh, hard to argue. It's with definitely, those. definitely close. Definitely as, as the one and two, but that's what makes it so exciting. I mean, to see Ohio State and Texas, you know, Ohio State two days ago, Texas go down. I saw people definitely with Ohio State and Texas in their final four. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I had Texas going a little bit far. Ohio State, I had had fallen in the Sweet 16, so I'll take a couple hits there. There, were, I had Texas going to, I believe, the Elite Eight. So mm-hmm. uh, both are a sting for me, but just a bunch of exciting games. Uh, you know, and the fact that you can – Sit on a couch in Delco and flick through those four channels. Everybody finds out each year, True TV, uh, where it is on their dial. Now that Impractical Jokers is on every other channel, you can, you kind of lost where True TV is. But uh, just all around, brought back the tournament. And my Villanova Wildcats, they were the, the media darling. Suck it, Seth Davis, picking uh, Villanova to fall in their 5-12 matchup against Winthrop uh all the all the pundits were saying that was the sleeper 12 over five Villanova pulls it out has a matchup against North Texas tonight where they're looking at a shot at the sweet 16 and the path opens up for them now you know going against the 13 seed you prove that you can win without uh Gillespie just need to get uh Jeremiah Robinson Earl involved down low hopefully make it to the elite eight in my eyes now you know, beating North Texas, they then have to face likely Baylor unless something happens there. Um, Baylor would be the monstrosity of a man out there, right? Baylor would be the the next matchup, or they'd have to go with a uh, 
or Wisconsin. Both teams, I think, would give Nova some Small fits. Ball versus uh, big ball, huh? Yeah, give uh, Villanova some fits there. Um, so, but you know where this team ended this season to be able to, you know, with, with Colin going down, not being able to get a win, to be able to to take on one of those two teams. My my guess is Baylor. I think that yeah. Baylor team is very good. Uh, to be able to take on Baylor in the Sweet 16. Hey, it's March Madness. Anything can happen, right? So, uh, obviously, I'll be I'll be cheering on the Cats. But I got I Baylor. Have them in my bracket, I, uh, I mean, Braden does have him going to the uh, to the Sweet 16 to play Baylor. So I do have that matchup. So, so I, I I had them I had them pick two. So I, I had them going to uh, the the Sweet 16 as well, just because uh, you know. More than anything, I didn't have a lot of – I definitely had them beating uh, Winthrop. I thought they'd struggle yeah. with uh, Purdue, but I called that North Texas over Purdue win mainly because I needed to get a good path for Villanova to advance to the Sweet <laughs> 16 in my bracket. So We actually had Villanova beating Purdue anyway. Okay. So that was uh, – I, th- I think we did at least. But, yeah, that's uh, – been very exciting like i think it's more of a one one a situation with the nhl and and ncaa i think ncaa it it gets up to that pedestal because it's so many games on especially this year it's literally two days all the games i mean sometimes it's what three days it's usually thursday friday saturday it's usually thursday friday and then saturday and sunday is the is the round the 32 this year they shifted a day yeah, uh, I guess because of all the COVID testing and everything, so it's going Friday it's through wonderful Friday through Monday, I believe. Uh, there's yeah. there's some games Monday, but you know, just the you know, and how you play your first game of the weekend compared to how you play your second game, where your guys, I mean, that's what you kind of look for in the tournament is hey, those three those three point shooting teams, you know how how do their legs respond uh, coming back, you know, in that second day, and, and you've seen some leagues, the Big East in particular have structured their season to mimic the tournament where they, they will play, you know, sat, you know, Saturday, Monday games or, or Tuesday, Thursday games with their teams in order to mimic the kind of game day off game again, to try and get teams ready for uh, the tournament. I think, um, you know, obviously Villanova got the win in the big East Creighton got the win in the big East UConn and Georgetown went down, but um, you know, technically not upsets uh there but you know that that's how some of the leagues are, are trying to address you know how, how do they get their teams uh tournament ready so mike who, who do you have as your as your final four elite eight we'll talk a little bit about brackets i know we wanted to do an episode kind of going through the brackets but that didn't happen but you know kind of where do you have the rest of the tournament shaking out now that Sometimes yeah, some, life gets in the way, right? So, some big hitters like Ohio State and, and Texas are gone. Yep. As soon as we – I keep forgetting I have it listed as uh, Braden's bracket. All right, so I got Kansas and Gonzaga in the West. I had uh, We had uh, Michigan and, and, and Texas in the East. <laughs> okay. So that's broken. And then we had Baylor, Ohio State. Um in, in the south and then we have houston and illinois in the midwest all right so you still got a shot with illinois and, and houston yep uh final four the only one out uh is ohio state i got gonzaga michigan and illinois in the um 
Final Four. Okay. And then I got right. we got Gonzaga beating Illinois in the uh, in the final, 76-64. All right. So. I think I picked that score every year. I think I'm dead serious. I'm pretty sure it's always 76-64 for me. I don't know why. I, I have I so mine was based on total points. So I have 159 points, which is probably not too far off from. You're the math guy. 76 64 that's what 130 it's yeah it's around 140 right yeah i think 140 even might be 150 uh, 140 yeah carry too many ones there <laughs> all right so my final four i have gonzaga over alabama uh in I the championship think. game so bama i know you have michigan I just don't know how Michigan is going to respond without Isaiah Livers, kind of their star player. It looks like he is very doubtful to – I don't think he came for, for the first-round games, and I don't know, even if he gets healthy, how does he get um, put into uh, – how, how does, you know, being able to test and everything, like does he have to take the test before he gets into uh, the bubble? I think Gonzaga has a – pretty easy path to the final four i uh i dubbed that bracket kind of your your chokers bracket yeah. uh just because you have gonzaga kansas who almost lost yesterday i mean ended up pulling it out but they were down at the half uh kansas bill self is is jay wright's uh you know stepson um just the way jay wright has always handled bill self in in the tournament and then you had Virginia, who was the first one seed to lose to a 16 seed. They're actually out now again. So this is kind of the bracket of broken dreams. Uh, so Gonzaga does have a a path there to the Final Four. But if this is the one quadrant where I think you could have a Iowa as a two seed or even USC as the six seed, uh, Mobley is just a big, long center, and they got the guard play. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw, uh, you know, a surprise six seed or something like that coming out of that, coming out of that bracket. I actually had um, Texas beating Alabama in the Sweet Sixteen. Okay, so that that's where Alabama leaves for me. See, I I like Alabama. You know, they run fast and they got good defense, so it's kind of an interesting team where you know they are. They are quick on offense, and, and Javon Quinterly is. Are we talking about football, basketball, <laughs> Alabama, <laughs> SEC. SEC um, is coming up in basketball now too. I like it. You know, just Javon Quinterly was a, a Nova guard, uh, transferred, wasn't, you know, wasn't getting the playing time with with, with Jay. Uh, so transferred to Alabama is now coming off the bench for them, but is one of their leading uh, point getters but they just play a high pace offense and very stingy on defense. It's, it's a, you know, kind of a, a unique that I style that will give um, teams fits the way they're able to go fast on offense and uh, slow it down on defense is, is pretty impressive. Um, I have uh, Bama beating FSU in the elite eight. I have uh, Michigan falling short uh, just because I, I think without livers, that's a, that's a different team, but they are a good team. So I mean, they, they could make a run here. So definitely look out for Michigan out of the East. The South, I think we talked about Baylor. I have Baylor versus Arkansas. I do have Nova falling in the Sweet 16 to Baylor. Uh, of 
course, that's that's a win-win for me. The bracket stays intact, or or Villanova makes another trip to the Elite Eight. Uh, and then in the Midwest, Illinois, Houston. So, you know, the team to look out for there, uh, Oklahoma State, Cade Cunningham. I always say it's kind of the uh, – who was the player for Syracuse a few years back? Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo – you know, the Carmelo Anthony principal with Oklahoma State. You know, I didn't know we were going that far back. <laughs> yeah. Carmelo Anthony was the, you know, kind of the best player on that Syracuse team. They were kind of like a mid, you know, uh, like a, I don't remember what seating they were, but, you know, really took the team on their back, his back and, and led them to a championship uh, that year with Carmelo. Uh, and then you have Cade Cunningham is, is a similar, similar, not similar player, but a similar, you know, he's the best player in this NCAA tournament. So if he can lead that Oklahoma state team uh, to the, you know, he, he can do some damage in this tournament, but again, favorite time of the year. And, you know, I am ready to uh, get going watching some games today. And I do have my 18 parlay. I know we talked about it on the left episode, my 18 parlay locked that we'll talk about on, uh, you know, later in, in the episode. So yeah, Mike, anything else on, on March Madness? I know you're getting ready. You want to, you want to transition, talk some other, some other topics. Yeah. I mean, I, I love it. Like I, I, I'll be honest with you. I really haven't watched like I'll call it game time. I haven't watched during um, actual live play. I've watched highlights and, and read stories and stuff. I don't, like I told you, I, this year in NCAA basketball, I'm, I'm always bigger into NCAA basketball. I was talking with a couple of the other teachers I work with. I said, this year, it's been the total opposite. I've been into the NBA more than I've been into NCAA basketball because it just seems like, like we were talking about before the pod, like teams are taking two and three week breaks. This player's not playing for, for a month. This player didn't play for a month. Top 10 teams had like 10 and 12 losses it's it's not not a knock on the product it's just for me it's a in my mind it's just how covid has has morphed my view of ncaa basketball this year and i'm sure next year i'll be right back in it i'll be uh i'll be uh in the uh, ncaa more than the uh, nba again when we're hopefully back to a more normal life um so that that's kind of where i'm at right now but i'll start watching now i mean i'll, I'll get into it a little bit more it's just the, the last couple of days. It's been more. It's been more NFL news. It's been more Eagles talking to this guy, talking to that guy, talking trades, talking this, talking that. Um, so that I've been paying more attention to that than the NCAA this year. Yeah, it's definitely been an unusual season for NCAA basketball. You know, you, you mentioned uh, teams having these two, three week COVID breaks that affected yeah. Villanova this year. Uh, you know, Baylor, you know, had a, had a few weeks uh, where they needed to go on break. It seemed like it hit a lot of the teams. Gonzaga was one of the teams that it didn't actually affect this year. Why they, you know, so I don't know if that consistency helped them. I mean, if you talk about how bizarre this season got, uh, Oregon got advanced last night on a no contest because uh, they had some VCU players that tested positive and VCU is now out of the NCAA tournament. Uh, because of a, a few tests. I know there's rumors going around as to, you know, kind of what happened. It seems like all the players were following protocol, uh, but just, you know, somebody, there, were, there was an exposure somewhere that, that a few players tested positive. So VCU 
uh, had to take um, – it, it was a no contest, so Oregon got to uh, advance last night to the round of 32 just based on a team dropping out. And who's not to say, you know, we have the week break. Players are kind of on their own a little bit. You know, the, the bubble – does the bubble become a little bit looser and then you come into – the sweet 16 games and have a, have a similar issue. I don't know, but it's definitely been an unusual year. And I, and I kind of feel for that, that VCU team, you know, to, to be able to go out, like, you know, to have to go out like that is, is tough. I guess whoever the yeah. champion is, if I'm VCU, I'm saying, well, you didn't get the chance to play us in the tournament. So. And, and you know what? And VCU has, has a right to say that because most years out of not that they, they knock a big team off. Yeah. They go a little further than everybody thought they would. And it's a shame to see a team like that, a, a bracket buster per se, have to leave a tournament because a couple players um, tested positive. But that's the world we live in now. Hopefully next year, like like I said, um, it'll be back to a more normal. I, I don't I, I know me and you, we keep talking about normal. Uh, hopefully it's the normal we know. But whatever the normal is, once everybody's vaccinated, I hope it's a lot better than what it is this year. Um, so I can kind of kind of get back into it a little bit more. Not to say I'm, I'm, I'm like dejected by it or anything. It's just just one of those things you just feel, I feel like teams are, are losing that. Like, like Villanova, some of their injuries may have been because of that two-week break. I know they were probably working out on their own and stuff, but come back and soft tissue injuries, a torn ACL here, a, the semi-ruptured Achilles there, and now look where they're at. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it with all the sports with COVID, right? You, you yeah. go on these breaks. You saw it with the Flyers. You, you, player, you know, if players actually had it, right? We, we saw it with the Sixers with Seth Curry, right? He came back. Yeah. He, he had COVID, comes back, doesn't look the same. You know, e- yeah. even after the, the, you know, the few, you know, I think they had about a week off, I guess, the Sixers, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't look great, you know, two, three games after that. So it, it does linger. Uh, the Flyers, it seems like they haven't recovered at all from their COVID stretch. And, oh, the COVID know. stretch may have killed the Flyers. Yeah. I... They, they, you can chalk them up as a COVID casualty right now. I mean, it, it, that's how bad they look. And you know, they, so... that's, how, that's how it is. The Eagles, I think the Eagles, they had the least amount out of all our teams. What do they have? They had a couple guys miss like a couple practices. I don't think they really had any positive tests that I can remember. It was all no. like it was all like contract uh, contract contact tracing Con- Tried to contact put, tracing. Yeah, I mean, it was it? it was like um, I think Malik Jackson might have been in there. Um, there was a couple of the defensive players. I don't think uh, may, may may have been Miles Sanders at one point, but I don't think anybody missed game time. I I, I truly don't. Maybe uh, like well, a couple reserves. They they certainly played like they had COVID. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's that too, but. <laughs> They have the least amount of excuses out of all of us, <laughs> out of all of us, out of all the teams. It's, it, it's just funny how COVID works to me. It's it's even in day-to-day families, like the, the dad can have it. Every, he's around everybody else, but nobody else tests positive or anything like that. It's just a weird thing. But that's what we live with. And now I got eight-day vaccine arm. Looks like I got biceps today. I don't even have to make a, <laughs> I don't even have to make a muscle. It's just there. <laughs> So, so weird. I had to look it up this morning. I had no idea. I had no idea, but I just looked at it. I'm like, oh, man, that's really bumpy and red. And apparently it's a thing. And I'm going golfing today, so better not mess up my swing. There you go. So, 
course, uh, Mike, Mike and I are both one dose in, so uh, that much no closer way. to a live on a couch in Delco recording. On there a you couch go, in Delco somewhere. On a couch in Delco. <laughs> there we, that's uh, we're getting there. All right, so where do you where do you want to go next, Mike? I, that's a you know obviously we'll talk about. I got my eighteen parlay lined up for the for the back end of the episode, but uh, yep. want to want to talk some Eagles free agency news. That was the other thing yes. we said we were. We said we were going to come on and we were going to do a bracket episode and, and kind of talk some Eagles free agency news, but then the Eagles really didn't do much that opening day. Kind of a a deviation from what Howie Roseman is typically used to. Usually, we expect the Eagles to make that that big splash. I think the big news was that they were able to find their way to get under the cap and be cap compliant on day one. I think the the restructuring deals of Brandon Graham and Jake Elliott. You know, they were able to, to kind of kick the can a little bit and get under the cap, so at least be compliant. Honestly, I have to give some credit, and this has not been a, a podcast where um, we give a lot of credit to Howie Roseman, but to be able to do that without you know having to release or trade Barnett so far without having to trade Ertz to be able to get cap compliant without those two boulders that could still happen, I think is – is, you know, worth acknowledging. And then I also yeah, think sure. the, you know, the, the deal with Marquise Goodman, Goodwin with the Niners, where rather than everybody was thinking we would cut Goodwin to save the cap room, to be able to kind of rescind that trade, send him back to the Niners and get a seventh round pick out of it. I don't know Pretty how crazy. that's, I don't know how that's going to deal with future relationships with the Niners. If I was them, I'd be a little pissed, but well, it was in, if it's in the contract, if it's in the contract of the trade or whatever, the terms of the trade, not technically a contract, the, the 49ers agreed to that part of the contract or that part of the trade. So they, they have to say, well, all right, well, that, that's what happens. He comes back to us and we cut him. Yeah. So, and you guys get a seventh round pick. So and if it's in there, it's in there. Kudos on kudos on those moves. I know we are we are not the biggest advocates of Howie Roseman, but to, to be able to to finagle the cap the way he did, and it sounds like the the big restructure was the Brandon Graham contract. Yeah, they save, were able to save a ton of money. That saved close to ten million dollars in cap room uh, yeah. for this year. So and the Jake Elliott contract restructuring was apparently a big one too. I don't know how, but it, I thought that saved only about a million on the cap. But apparently there was. It, it, I, I don't know what it was, but th- that was the one that broke the camel's back. Uh, the the one report I was I was reading, like that really helped them out. But I don't see how a million dollars helps them out. Oh, unless they were <laughs> unless they needed that million, but yeah, to get over or to get under, technically. But yeah, yeah. And, and and it's not stopping them from doing deals. I mean, it's not. They didn't stop them from making a contract, like the best apparently contract offered to Juju Smith Schuster. Who ultimately re-signed with the uh, with the Steelers? There was his only multi-year contract. It was more money than anybody offered him in the one-year deals. So it, it, they apparently have more money than than what. Um, God, this really itches today. <laughs> than what? Uh, what's it? Uh, uh, what's it called? Under under the cap. Dot com. Over the cap. Over the cap. Something the cap. The exact opposite of what you just said. Yes. Yeah, something like that. But um, yeah, it's it's not stopping them from from signing players and literally talking to two of my top free agent, um, my my top two free agent acquisitions that were going to be in my bracket. 
Uh, and that's uh, the last one they signed in Anthony Harris, the best safety over the past four years um, to a one year, $5 million deal, which I think is absolutely spectacular for someone who might only play here one year. Um, or maybe he plays here so good that he gets another contract after this. Um, and then they're going to talk to a Dory Jackson. I would absolutely, he, he's my number one cornerback to, to come to the Eagles this year. Um, as soon as he was released by the, tech, the Titans, I thought it was a mistake to releasing him because he was hurt last year and, and, and just not maybe getting there. But he was a first round pick not so long ago. And I like him coming out of the draft. Yeah, he can return I, kicks. He can return punts. He's a when he plays, he's a damn good uh, cornerback. Even though he's only five ten or five eleven, um, I think he might even be five nine or five ten. Uh, but uh, I, I would absolutely love that if if Howie can can somehow get that um, deal done. I completely missed this on the nineteenth. I'm on. I usually go to Yard Barker for my stuff or or NFL Trade Rumors dot com or something like that. But um, yeah, I completely missed this two days ago. So I am very happy to see that he's uh, he's coming together to to talk with the Eagles. At least um, he is talking to the Giants uh, as well. But we'll see what happens. I, I hope he doesn't go to the Giants because the Giants already got my number one um, wide receiver pick in Kenny Galladay. So yeah, and, and the Eagles need to be looking at you know all the secondary help, yeah. right? So you have you know big NFL news: Kenny Galladay to the Giants, Curtis Samuel to the Redskins. So Samuel and McLaren in, sorry, Washington football team got Galladay Slayton with, with the giants and and Sterling Shepard. And then Dallas has, you know, CD lamb. Um, So definitely, you know, the NFC East is rolling out with some wide receivers that we're going to need to cover, but uh, Anthony Harris as a safety, if you're able to assign a Dory Jackson too, all of a sudden your secondary went from just an, you know, a glaring weakness on this team to actually a, a, a rota- you know, a, a unit that looks pretty formidable. Yeah. Anthony Harris, you know, you got your corners in Slay and Jackson. That's a pretty decent corner combo. And then, you know, the guys that we had this year are either filling in the slot or. No, I already got my slot guy, Tom. Who's your slot guy? It's uh, Santi Samuel Jr. in the second okay. round. That's by the spoiler alert for our. <laughs> For our draft episode. <laughs> for our draft episode, he will be my pick for the Eagles in the second round. Um, I, I I do like Asante Samuel Jr., so um, I I would be I would be good with that. I mean, this this team needs all the, you know, after last season, this team needs all the secondary help. Yeah, might as well sign Asante uh, Samuel too while you're at it. Yeah, I, Asante Samuel probably could have covered a lot better than you know some of the guys. And I think he out. said he said as much during the he, year in uh, in a couple of his tweets. I, I absolutely love it. Uh, yeah, it, was, it would be uh, it would be awesome to see Asante Samuel Jr. I don't think anybody wears twenty two on the Eagles right now. Put put him out there in number twenty two and have some flashbacks to some great Asante Samuel years with Asante Samuel Jr. Yeah, that's so uh one one cornerback off the board though for the Eagles. That's Kyle Fuller, um, trade target for the Eagles after the past few years. He was a free agent target for the Eagles as well. Uh, past few years and now he, uh, he is a free agent now um, but not anymore he signed with the uh, Broncos for nine and a half million dollars completely missed that one um, looks like it happened yesterday I would imagine but yeah uh, Kyle Fuller off the board but 
Adoree Jackson still there, um, as well as Mackenzie Alexander and Kevin King, um, two other names to pay attention to. Mackenzie Alexander uh, is, is a big one, um, would make a hell of a lot of sense um, to, to bring Mackenzie um, Alexander in since, since the, um, he played for one of our coaches. I can't remember which coach he played for. Um, why is it? What is? Why, why can't I? Why can't I think of the coach that he played for in Cincinnati? But one of the coaches he played for, he played for them. So that that is another name to look out for. And and Kevin King. I mean, he he's still only twenty six. Uh, he definitely underplayed. Uh, in not underplayed. He 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 was not as good as the the Packers thought he would be. Um, coming out of, I think he went to Washington as well, Washington State. I think he was with Sidney Jones maybe one year out there. Um, so that would be uh, that would be nice uh, to see them bring one of those three in. Dory Jackson would be my top uh, top pick for for cornerbacks. Um, you have anything more on cornerbacks before I give you my list for linebackers? No, I, I just, you know, I think I'm glad to see that the Eagles are investing in this area and, if, you know, combine that with the signing of Harris and then hopefully either McLeod comes back or you give Wallace uh, some run. You could be looking at a, at a pretty decent unit uh, next season. So hopefully, yeah. you know, I, I like a Dory Jackson as well. I think he would be number one at, at this point on, on my list as well. It's interesting just the way you're seeing free agency shape up, free agency shape up, you know, a lot of guys, you know, Definitely not the market that it's been in, in past years. I think that's because of the lower salary cap. You know, and a lot of guys, I think, too, are, are accepting these one-year deals, mainly because with the new TV contract that the NFL signed, they're expecting a much larger cap uh, in the years to come. So not a lot of long-term deals. I wonder how that will provide flexibility to the Eagles with their cap situation. Uh, you know, all these guys taking one-year deals, generally you don't have that flexibility to spread cap over over future years so I, I hopefully that doesn't hurt them in, in getting jackson on board or you know i know you're going to talk some of the linebackers but yeah. you know it'll be interesting to see how that plays out uh certainly didn't stop you know some of the tops of free agency right yeah galladay got a four-year deal and everything like that but got a four-year deal at almost what he wanted yeah it'll be he interesting. 18 and a half million so i mean he, he got a yeah, pretty damn close to that. He got close. Yeah, eighteen per year. He basically got right. So yeah. four years, seventy-two million dollar deal. Yep. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the Eagles are able to to play in the space, and then you still have, you know, potential Zach Ertz trade that's out there and everything like that. So uh, certainly, still more interesting to come in in the NFL in the Eagles uh, free agency. But yeah. Mike, I know you wanted to talk linebackers. Who are your picks for the Eagles at? Who would you like them to bring in at linebacker? So I like them to bring in Eric Wilson. Um, that's my number one choice right now. He's a young guy out there. I think he's only 26. Um, he's played for the new Eagles linebacker coach um, already this year. Um, so he, he's, he's indoctrinated into the scheme that the Eagles are going to play. That would be nice to see. That's my number one choice. Sign him to like a two or three year deal, some, or maybe probably a two year deal in his mind. Um, almost like a bridge deal um, you would see in like the MLB. Um, but he's young enough that he can, he can uh, make himself uh, make himself into a player here in Philadelphia and maybe stay here in the long run. 
my number two name on this list is a, is a fun one. It's one that, that I have admired his play this entire year. He had one hell of a game against the Eagles uh, this year as this year or last year. Um, the only thing is with him, he is very, very injury prone. Uh, he misses a lot of time during games. He misses games as well. And that's uh, former Nolan Saint Alex Anceloni, the, the beautiful golden locked middle linebacker um, who can really fly out there. I mean, he, he, he's a pretty, uh, pretty good player when he is healthy. So Alex Anceloni in my second spot. My third spot, again, another New Orleans Saint, um, and that would be Quan Alexander. Uh, he's about 28 or 29 at this point, but probably get him again on a one-year deal. Um, just bring him in to be a placeholder. Same thing with the fourth guy on my list, and that's uh, K.J. Wright. Um, I don't think he's signed anywhere yet. Maybe signed him to a one-year deal. He is He is on the back end of his career. He's 32, going to be – he might be 33, going to be 34, but I think he's 32, going to be 33 um, in the upcoming season. So my uh, Wilson, Anceloni, Quan Alexander. So I like Mackenzie Alexander and Quan Alexander. So I want the the Alexander boys. And then a K.J. Wright signing would be be nice for me. What's your your thoughts on that, Tom? I like Quan Alexander. I mean, he he would probably be my – my, my top uh, linebacker out, out of the group you mentioned, but hard to argue with, with any of them uh, really. So I, I think this team just needs They're better uh, than line, Duke Riley linebacking help. Duke Riley, I think signed with the dolphins. Signed with the dolphins. Yeah. And I think Alex, Alex Singleton, I think he's still out there. Well, maybe it's not Alex Singleton, but I think the Eagles only have one linebacker on their contract. It might be Alex Singleton. I think it is Alex Singleton. <laughs> so everybody else is out there and out there in the market. So I mean, they're going to play that five-one-five uh, defense. That's, I mean that, that that's like rampant in the NFL. So that wouldn't be surprising uh, with me. A guy like Quan Alexander can probably come in and do that. A guy like Eric yeah. Wilson could probably come in and do that. Maybe not a KJ, right? Uh, Anceloni, you'd be putting all your eggs into him staying healthy. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind any of those guys um, coming in to, to kind of bolster our our linebacker core. That, that I mean, last year wasn't as bad as everybody thought, right? I mean, it, it was it wasn't up to the snuff of us Eagles fans and loving defense and hard hitting linebackers. Like, I mean. It definitely, it definitely improved as the season went on. I think yeah. w- once you started seeing Nate Gary get less snaps, I think that. you, uh, you saw some improvement yeah. uh, in, in that linebacking group last year, mainly because of the play of Alex, like Singleton played. I thought he played uh, fairly decent uh, down the stretch last year. But yeah, a linebacker. I mean, the whole defensive unit, defensive line, I, I think is strong, and I think you have a lot of cap space allocated to uh, your defensive line. So I wouldn't, you know, probably they'll address some defensive depth in the in the draft, uh, and then it'll be, you know, but linebackers and and secondary for uh, the defense. Anything on the offensive side of the ball, Mike? I, I know there's talks out there of hey, big news. Need to, do they need to bring in a wide receiver, they you do. know, a backup running back? I mean, what, what are, do you have a wish list for the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, my wish list is already signed with every other team. 
<laughs> I know signing Ken- Kenny Galladay to a deal that he got was com- completely um, out of the question, but I love Kenny Galladay. Again, a guy who was injured last year um, and still got a humongous deal to, to play with Daniel Jones up there in New York. We shall see how that happens. Um, Curtis Samuel would have looked awesome here um, in, in the slot. Um, he would have been uh, a nice guy to, to have, but those are my two guys on the wide receiver side. I, I, I really, I, I put my eggs in those baskets. I would have loved one of those two to be here. I know Kenny Galladay was out of the question, but I think they could have signed Curtis Samuel. Um, I don't, I'm pretty sure they did not even look at him um, per se. So I, that, as my list of wide receivers go, it was a very short one. <laughs> Other than that, it's just Jamar Chase. <laughs> Please bring me Jamar Chase. My other guy was Marquise um, Godwin, um, former former Penn Stater, but he did he uh, he got franchise tag, so that was a that was a g- dream very short lived. But he did sign his franchise tag. Um, Chris Godwin. What did I call him? Marquise. I, I thought you were talking about the former Eagle, former Niner. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that wait a second here. That you wanted to resign. No, 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 no. I mean, and that's not out of the realm of possibilities. If you're that reading, could that could happen. Um, that that would be a. God, wouldn't that be something? You get a seventh round pick. The Niners cut him, and then you just bring him back on like a one year, one million dollar deal. See what he can do. <laughs> that, would, that would be something. But yeah, it's uh, Chris Godwin. That, that that was my my other guy um, for sure. But yeah, my list of wide receivers is short. I mean, we all had our wish list of, of um, backup quarterbacks that are now literally everywhere else. Um, we had Fitzmagic. He signed with the he signed with the Washington football team. Um, I mean, Mitchell Trubisky, that would have been not a great choice, but he signed a pretty cheap deal with the Bills. Um, who signed? Who was? Who was the other guy? I wanted Tyrod Taylor. I think he signed with the Dolphins, um, and then somebody signed with Houston too that I wanted. I can't remember. Can't remember the name. It was like a name that that yeah. That, this guy was definitely who we wanted. But uh, once you once you figure that out, you, you can let us know. I'm I'm pulling it up now. Yeah, but but the big name out there now. It would be a a third time Philadelphia Eagle, Tyrod Taylor to the Houston. So Tyrod Miami, who did, Houston. who did so Miami some, sign? Miami signed somebody. Then yeah, I, I I can't. The name's just escaping me. Oh, it was uh, Brissett. Didn't he go to Miami? Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Who was one that the Eagles looked at? They thought the connection with uh, Sirianni. Yep. Yeah, By I the way, know. the Sirianni press conference. Does that give you any? I didn't want you know, it. two years varsity vibes. That he's dude, very rah rah, like just kind of going into the conversation with his brother in high school, and then yes. they went to the wing tee. Like, just yeah, gives me right. that very that that vibe of very the weird. dude in the Eagles parking lot. I played two years varsity. Yeah. Same same vibe there. Same vibe. That's all that I'm was, gonna say. That was Tony Luke Jr. Was it Tony Luke Jr.? That was Tony Luke Jr. and in, in Invincible. Absolutely. Two years varsity, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly who that was. That's funny. I'm talking about that video, though, of the dude in the parking lot. Which one's that? I played when it was talking about the wide last year, two years ago, when the wide receivers were all going down. 
Oh. You know, they had Greg Ward and everything, and then dude in the parking lots. Uh, we'll, we'll pull it up at some point. I'll, I wonder I'll try if and he get did it, it because of the movie, because I'm pretty sure that's the exact line from Invincibles. <laughs> I played two years, varsity. Maybe anyway, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Definitely yeah. has that. Definitely has that that vibe. Remains to be seen how you know. Hey, I'll, I'll judge the guy when he's actually on the sideline. Uh, calling the offense, but definitely has a you know that rah rah vibe. So anyway, go ahead. I know you're talking third time around, third time around Super Bowl MVP, Big Dick Nick. But it'd have to be a trade because the Bears said they're not going to release him because pretty sure Big Dick Nick is better than um, Andy Dalton. <laughs> so not too not too sure what the what the incentive for the Bears would be there. Um, I, I, I think Nick Foles could beat out Andy Dalton in a, in a quarterback uh, competition um, in the Bears instead of being traded to the Eagles and possibly just being the backup again. But Yeah, and I think the Bears are going to be looking at quarterback in the draft. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I know I think they've spent a lot of time scouting Trey Lance if, if you know, reports are accurate. So uh, – I don't think you need two veteran kind of mentor quarterbacks on your roster. And given that they signed Andy Dalton, I know the cap hit for, I believe the cap contract for Foles is still problematic because it's related to that, that Jaguars deal uh, that he had. So I I know there's some complications there on, on the cap. I think that's the only, I'd be in favor of bringing, yeah. I'd be in favor of bringing Nick Foles back at, you know, kind of as the backup here and the mentor to, to Jalen Hurts. We, Hey, it, it worked in 2017. Right. Um, you know, I, I would certainly bring Foles back, you know, in, in a backup role. Let, let, let's be clear on what Nick Foles is. Right. I, I think he is, he's a great backup for a team. I don't, you know, and if Jalen Hurts isn't what we hope Jalen Hurts is, I, I think, Foles gives you, all right, well, we can plug Foles in and, and maybe take a run. He's very high variance, right? He is, you know, he will have the 27 and two season and then, you know, 27 touchdowns, two interceptions, and he'll have the seasons where he goes eight and eight uh, and, and just be, you know, kind of mediocre. There are games where he looks like he's a deer in headlights uh, out there. And then there's games like the Super Bowl where he looks all, awesome. he's just high variance. You don't know what you're getting from, you know, game the game really uh, with Nick Foles, but I think would make a lot of sense as the backup quarterback here. Yeah. And he does play his best here um, in Philadelphia, but you know how the Eagles fans out there are one bad pass by Jalen hurts and we're running him out of town right away because Nick Foles is here. So I, I I don't necessarily think that that is a, a great option but then you look at the rest of the options. I mean, you get Nick Mullins. The Eagles beat him this year. I think they picked him off like four times. So that's a hard pass. Brian Hoyer, who I thought retired like seven years ago. So he, he is still out there. Alex Smith, that would be actually kind of kind of cool. To I, see. I, I, I would like that. Alex Smith. I, I wouldn't mind Alex Smith at all. I'd be happy with that. I'd actually probably just given the – you know, the, the cap implications of a Nick Foles deal. I, Nick Foles deal. I prefer Alex Smith over rather, Nick Foles. I'd rather have the next four names on the list rather than Nick Foles. I'd rather have Alex Smith, who who is – he's went through probably a Disney movie of a life in the last two, two and a half years, three years. 
um, since his injury. So um, that would actually be pretty cool to see a guy with his mental fortitude and intestinal fortitude come in and, and be a mentor to Jalen Hurts. That would absolutely be I, I, that's he's now my number one choice, by the way. <laughs> I, I actually forgot he was out there. And then then he got he got uh, Joe Flacco, uh, sort of kind of local kid, went to went to the University of Delaware or did he was it Dell State or University of Delaware? Who's the Blue Hens? Delaware. Yeah. So that that would be that would be an OK move. I wouldn't really. Delaware kid. Eagles fan out of Audubon, yeah. New Jersey. So yeah. wouldn't really. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Like, whatever. Like, that would be actually pretty cool. We bring back our old Philadelphia Eagle, Chase Daniel. I would actually, I would actually like that as well. If, if you yeah. re- recall the stories from back in uh, 2016, I mean, I think left here on on some bad terms where I think he thought he had a shot at being yeah. uh, the starting quarterback. But the well, way when they Carson said Wentz he... was named the starting quarterback, he thought he was going yeah. to get that. He thought he was going to get the first shot, and that didn't happen. Yeah. You know, but the way he helped structure the quarterback room, they said that year, yeah. uh, very much like uh, Drew Brees. So he he served in that mentor uh, capacity for Carson Wentz that first year. I wouldn't mind very much that like Drew Brees again. without the on field resume. Exactly, you know, <laughs> yeah. but but just how they prepare, how they watch film, like how they coach. organize, yeah, yeah how, how they structured it. Um, That'd be cool. I, I, I don't. I don't think his play has ever been something that you're you get excited about. Chase Daniel yeah. just never really put it together in the NFL. But from that aspect of it, I would, I would enjoy that, and I'd enjoy the next name on this list too. Yeah, RG three. RG three. I think uh, you know if you talk about somebody that ha- has been a mentor to Lamar Jackson and has kind of embraced that role, yeah. uh, and then you know kind of has that running style that you know maybe you know, can offer some things to, to Jalen Hurts uh, there as well. So I, I'd be happy with any of those names. Yeah, I mean, you can run it back with Matt Barkley. That's what I was getting to. I was getting to, I mean, he was the, uh, he was the old number two here in uh, Philadelphia. Hot selling Jersey too. I remember I was back when Models was still around. They were flying off the, uh, off the racks there. Um, those Matt Barkley jerseys. I mean, he's obviously out in Buffalo. Um, they, they moved on to, I'll put this in quotations, greener pastures <laughs> with their backup in Mitchell Trubisky, which uh, I'm not too sure if that was an upgrade or not. Um, the other three I'm kind of out on. I don't want C.J. Beathard. I don't want Blaine Gabbert. I don't want Colt McCoy. Uh, everybody else on this list besides Mullins, Hoyer, Beathard, Gabbert, and McCoy, I'm okay with. I mean, yeah, ab- absolutely. They need to bring in somebody, right? And, and I like somebody that can be the mentor, but then also step in and play if needed. Yeah, I think I, um, I would be one hundred percent okay with that. We, we, we certainly, I think Jalen Hurts is the only quarterback on the roster at this point, right? Yes. Unless uh, who is the the Richmond Spider that they signed for the practice squad? Oh yeah, last year. But wasn't he? A, isn't he trying to be a tight end now? Is that what he's trying to do? Yeah, he's, he's he was like, isn't he huge? Like six five or six six? I know who you're talking about. I just can't remember his Ka- name. Kyle Loletta. Oh, they don't have him anymore, do they? He's he's not on the Eagles anymore. Oh no, he is now Brown. Okay. Yeah. 
there was there was a former former college quarterback that they did sign to a futures contract, but I think they signed him to be a tight end. I I, I just can't remember the name. I think he was like six five or six six. But once you once you find out, we can get there. Um, I did bring up the NHL wide receivers um, who are still out there. The only one that really makes sense here is T.Y. Hilton to come play with for Nick Sirianni again on like a one-year deal, like a prove-me deal. I don't think he signed anywhere yet. Um, no. So that's the only one that really makes sense. Don't want Sammy Watkins. He reminds me too much of, of what, what Alshon became. Um, Josh Reynolds, he's a speed guy. So that would be that would be something. Adam Humphreys is he's on the down years, so I don't think he brings anything. Demarcus Robinson, um, he's a he's really a return guy for me. I mean, he he did catch some long touchdown bombs, but I'm kind of out on that. Deshaun, obviously, no chance. Um, the only other guy on this list, uh, Golden Tate, has no shot of signing here. I think Eagles fans will boycott. I, I, he has become a hate the face guy for Eagles Nation. Um, Chris Connolly, I, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> the only other guy here is Marquise Goodwin. Maybe they bring him back on a one-year, one million dollar uh, prove me deal. But I think Antonio Brown, I think he pretty much signs with the Bucks or doesn't sign anywhere. Um, seems like Tom Brady's the only one that can kind of keep him under wraps. So, and and, and um, I, I'm I'm kind of discounting Bruce Arians on that one because I mean he did coach him when he was playing on the uh, Steelers, I believe, for Steelers. a year or two. So, I mean, he has a good relationship with a couple of the guys down there. And I think if I'm Antonio Brown, I'm re-signing with the Bucks, not signing here in Philadelphia. So, I would agree. T.Y. Hilton is probably the one that, that makes sense. He's probably sense. not going to be expensive either. No. Probably not going to be expensive. But Running backs, do you want to sign a new running back to, to be a, uh, a backup to – to Booby Sanders, I, I would I would go even more than a backup. Somebody that can complimentary and actually take some do something to yeah you know, do something. So, so there's two guys on this list that, that I would like to do that, and that's the number one and number two names, and that's James Connor and Leonard Fournette. I think they could do that. I, I would like Leonard Fournette on this team. Mm-hmm. I, James Connor too. Leonard, Leonard Fournette. I I think he would compliment um miles sanders pretty well he's more i can see the the, i can see the 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 headlines now leonard fournette could he be the new the garrett blunt (laughs) basically (laughs) could could he do the same things for for an eagles team and lead him lead them to a super bowl so that would be fun Yeah, I like I like um, you know going down that list. Number seven on that list too, Damian Williams. Uh, You know, should should have been the Super Bowl MVP two years ago. Yep. Um, The fact that he's number the fact that he's number seven on this list is is a little odd uh, to me. I'd rank him you know pretty high. Definitely above Mike Davis and James White. Yeah, James White I think goes to the Buccaneers. Uh, That's been the talk. He's going to rejoin with Brady. down in Tampa and hopefully, uh, you know, he'll, he'll be that consistent catching the ball out of the backfield, you know, option down, down there in Tampa. I like Damian Williams on, on this list. I, I would be, 
Fournette, obviously, um, you know, if we can get him on a, I think Fournette's going to want, uh, you know, a, a bigger deal that maybe puts us out of it. Yeah. Damian Williams on a one-year kind of prove-it deal, I, I would like that very much. And I think Leonard Fournette, when he was given the opportunity to, to be the guy um, when, uh, when a few of the running backs were out in, in Tampa Bay, he, he showed he can be the guy still. He, he can be that bell cow back that, that can take 20 carries a game and do stuff with it. So he probably will want a three or a four year deal. And I don't know. I think I, I think I seen maybe the, the, the uh, Raiders were looking at him to, to pair with uh, Josh Jacobs. Well, they, they signed Kenyon Drake. Oh, so that's out now. So there that's out. That's uh, yeah. from a fantasy standpoint, that's killing two running backs. And I think they're trading all their offensive linemen. So I don't, I, really question what the what the Raiders are doing out there and I have Kenyon Drake too in Dynasty but that'll be fun the Eagles will be playing in Las Vegas uh this year so I'm certainly have my eye on it as to when that game is going to be yeah for sure that would be um that would be something to uh to behold our first game back is in (laughs) in Las Vegas that that would that would be uh that would be nice. Anybody here on the offensive line catch your fancy as a backup player? I mean, Eric Fisher, I, I wouldn't yeah. mind taking a look there. Or Mitchell Schwartz, um, too. I take either. Mitchell Schwartz. You know, Russell Okung listed as the top free. I, I mean, is he still actively trying to play? I mean, he, he seems more into, you know, kind of Bitcoin an at this point, if, if, if you follow his uh, yeah, being an social agent media. Bitcoin. Hey, he got his, um, la- his last contract. His signing bonus was in Bitcoin. Yeah, so that that was that was pretty interesting. But yeah, other than that, I, I'm not I'm not looking for a return of Dennis Kelly. Um, no, maybe Alejandro Villanueva is a is a nice return to to be the backup uh, left tackle, right tackle. I mean he he was here in the Chip Kelly years, I believe. One in the first one in the first years of that, they tried to make him into, or was it was that Andy Reid? I, I can't remember when he was here, but whenever he was here, he was not here as an all pro left tackle like he became. <laughs> he was no, he, he was line. on the defensive line. I think it was Chip Kelly because he came right out of the military, right? And yeah, I think Chip I think it was Kelly the first year of Chip Kelly. Yeah, started him as a defensive tackle, and then I think it was when he went to Pittsburgh that they moved him over to the offensive side of the ball. And yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about Russell Okun. That, that that would be that would be an interesting one because, like you said, I don't see in that in that top ten list a one Jason Peters. No, not at all. He might be in the top fifty list somewhere, and that's a shame. I don't I don't mean to make fun of a future Hall of Famer, but enough is enough in my eyes. Anybody else? What do we got? We did we did cornerbacks. Oh, they got they got like all defensive players in here. They they don't have any just. I mean, I can see the Eagles bringing in like a an edge rusher, maybe. Melvin Ingram. Something like that, but he might he might still want to be paid for a year. So, I think that's uh, that's pretty much our list of free agents coming in. I don't really see any other names that are popping out at me. But other than that, it's all about our draft picks. All 11 of the draft 11 picks. 11 now, now draft picks. So we are going to have some very long episodes. Are we yeah. going to start those up, I guess, next week, Mike? Is that next, when we're, yeah, we'll, we're we'll do next do week. Draft? 
Yeah, because that'll give us what? Almost a full month of, of episode of well portions of the episodes I'll, I'll go episodes. with to, to kind of go in depth. We'll probably do what? Rounds one and two, three and four, and then five through seven. So that'll give us three episodes you guys will get for that for our draft uh draft epis. And I think I'm going with one mock draft though. I don't think I'm going to do separate mock drafts. I'll do one mock draft for all 11 picks um, and then go from there. What's your, what's your ideas on that one? Yeah, I was, uh, I think that's how I'll, I'll approach it as well. Um, and I don't know if I was going to do a separate one for rounds one through three, because to me, rounds four through seven, I'm going best player available. One yep. through three is where I'm, I'm really trying to understand where the board is going to be. And do I grab a, you know, I, I would like to see the Eagles get a, you know, an offensive wide receiver or, or tight end. I'm, I'm still, you know, Kyle Pitts is out there and, you know, it certainly could be uh, one that, that comes to us, but we'll, we'll break down the first round in some detail. I think, you know, the yep. fact that there's only five teams picking before us, you know, we we'll have we strong opinions through. on that. Yeah. We'll, we'll kind of talk through. All right. You know, here's our mock draft, but then if these guys are off the board, what ways mm-hmm. would we go? Where would we potentially trade back? Uh, you know, so we'll, we'll we'll cover the first round in some detail. But I usually look at the first three rounds as to, hey, if a is a corner going to be available, you know, in, in, that I like in round three, then then maybe I'll you know I'll hold on the corner in round two and I'll go another area and and then go the corner rounds four through seven. I'm I'm usually just trying to get uh, best player. Round yeah, four was the only never... round I got right last year. There you go. Kayvon Wallace. That was it. <laughs> we are – and guess what? We still follow Logan Wilson. <laughs> I love Logan I was, Wilson. Yeah. I, I was following the Twitter timeline. All of a sudden, this random Logan Wilson tweet yeah. pops up. I'm like, oh, yeah, remember <laughs> that from our draft episode a year ago. Seriously. Then he had yeah. that interception against Carson Wentz in the Bengals game. Yep. Yeah. I hope he intercepts him a few more times. I'm on the uh, I hope Carson Wentz fails train now, by the way. I'm not for next season. I am the – Well, not, yeah, not for he, next season. I'm hoping he plays the 75 – list. I want him to do well, but I want the Eagles to do well. I, I, am, I am an Eagles he, fan. He, he, he is a Colts player now. So. He is very petty in my eyes at this point. Carson Wentz? Picking number two. Still throwing shade out there. It's all right, Carson. It's okay. It is. I don't, I, are you talking about his interview with Pat McAfee? Everybody. I can't. So I mean, Pat, I can't stand Pat McAfee. I think he's an absolute gimmick artist. Um, well, yeah, he's he, a he straight, is a gimmick, but I can't stand him. I think he's an absolute ass. I love when he loses his bets. I I, I love it when he puts eight thousand dollars on somebody. Oh, this is a lock. Well, now you're down eight thousand dollars, asshole. Good. Yeah, I, I doubt he's really putting down that money, but um, I think you know what I think that's like the uh, his show, like like whatever. What's he do? Barstool is it, is that his thing? I don't even is know. He part he, of Barstool? I don't even know who he works for. So, <laughs> I I think that's like part of their their whole gimmick, like him putting down a bunch of their money that, that he's like allocated. Yeah, he's uh, I think he does his own thing because he's on. He says Sirius XM. Oh, he's on Sirius so. XM. I pay for that, so. Damn it! <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 helping his his absolute 
travesty of a of a show. And he's a Pittsburgh yeah. Penguins fan, Pittsburgh fan but, uh, together since he grew up out there. But Carson went to explain why he went with uh, two. He said he was twenty in high school, uh, so then he. But then when he went to college, he couldn't be 20. So he was kind of given 11. So he rode with that. So he's kind of going back to, he says he likes the number 20. So that's why he went with two. Um, and then, uh, you know, was complimentary of Peterson, complimentary of Foles. Uh, I think the one interesting thing, and I did retweet it out uh, from, so you can tell on our timeline that, you know, I'm retweeting the Pat McAfee show. You know, that was me, not, not Mike, but, uh, not you know, me, yeah. He, he, he kind of went with, you know, kind of saying, you know, when they asked him about Chris Bauer, he said, it's, you know, honesty and straightforward, which isn't something you get in this business and, and kind of looked like he was taking, you know, taking a shot at, at Howie uh, a little bit, but. Yeah. He picked number two because Jalen Hurts were number two. He, he can't fool me on that. He'll never fool me on that. that that's, that's where the petty comes in. Everything else. I don't care what he said. I, I know Howie Rose. I know Howie Roseman and the Eagles did him dirty, but I'm, I'm all about Jalen Hurts now, Tom. Ah, uh, so am I. He is the Eagles' quarterback, so I, I am absolutely about him too. I don't know if Carson Wentz picked his number because he did. Jalen Hurts has. Oh, okay. <laughs> he did. He did. Now who's being petty? <laughs> he, he, he definitely picked it because of that. Pick number. Two. I like. I like. Well, I guess he couldn't pick twelve because I, right. I don't. I don't think they would have let him pick Andrew Luck. So maybe, I don't know, maybe. If you like, if you like twenty, be ten. Why ten? Half of twenty. Okay. Why, Two why? has one of the numbers in twenty. Yeah, so you could have picked anything. Pick five. It's a. It's a. It's a. Uh, what's that called of twenty? <laughs> <laughs> A quotient where whatever it divides even divides evenly into twenty. Yeah. <laughs> picks uh, four. You could pick four too. So you pick two. Could have picked any number, but he picked two. That's just what I think. It's been tweeted All out right, there that... too by big guys. Uh, okay, I'm going with it. I'm I'm, I'm running with it. You, you you can go with it as long as he plays seventy five percent of the snaps next year. I could care less what happens after that. There you know what was pretty 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 impressive though that he gave uh that giovanni kid his the first jersey i thought i thought yeah. that was i thought that was pretty cool and that asshole out there i, I still can't I, I can't find his twitter i think he deleted his life <laughs> after what as, after as he should he went, that was the worst thing i've ever seen i mean that was unbelievable I, I I think as Eagles fans we should we should disown him. <laughs> I don't think he is allowed to carry a fan card ever again. I mean, what what, what you know? You how see, bad I, of, I, how bad a day? And, do and you I don't have? and and I don't know how old he is. Twelve, thirteen. I, I don't know how old. I don't know how old Giovanni is. Yeah. But you know, in that range, like he's lived know, a life. He's lived four or five lifetimes in my eyes already. Yeah, he he certainly you know hasn't had it easy, right? But 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 that aside, like even even if he was just a typical twelve, you know, twelve yeah. thirty, you know, the, everything else aside, right? Every you know, and what he, you know, I know he has a podcast and everything, you know, all of that aside, like everything else aside, and it's just it's somebody that's twelve or thirteen, you know, is twelve or thirteen, mm-hmm. 
and, and they're posing themselves in a you know a picture with with Wentz's Colts jersey. Like the first one. What if that? What if that point causes you to engage with a twelve or thirteen year old yep. to argue? And, and like, I think his his excuse was he had a really bad day. So you got bad day, so you're going to go out there and bully a kid? Bully it like? And he he got he got it on. I, I read that was one of the threads I did keep reading. I loved every second of of the abuse that 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 guy got, and he deserved more in my eyes. <laughs> that was absolutely asinine. Obviously, with Carson Wentz, I'm I'm, I'm being a little tongue in cheek. I'm just going on with that but he he is a very he, he's i don't know something conscious what am i'm he, he's he's just people conscious like he, he's just a very good guy out there but what it, the other thing that impressed me that i was going on is all his a01 stuff like instantly changed to nice blue stuff it, very cowboyish though i think he needs to change it i don't think it it doesn't remind me of a colts i don't know if you if you looked at it yet I, I did see the new logo kind of has it's more like gray. Blue. It's more like silver and blue. They're they're more white and blue. So that, okay, that was, I, I don't that know if I odd. I saw it as blue and white. I didn't think cowboys, but yeah, the the, the hats were were gray. I also didn't gray. think he picked his number because of Jalen Hurts, but you know he did. It, maybe I'm losing touch. No, no, just being tongue in cheek there. I just I just find it funny. That, that, that that's how he picked his number. That's why I said he could have picked 10. He could have picked five. He could have picked four. I mean, any of those numbers remind you of 20. But, but would him picking any other number, I'm sure. He couldn't have picked fans, four because of I'm sure. I'm sure Wentz haters would have found the oh, reason. Yeah. Any, any number he picked would have been. They would have I still see Michael reason. Pittman as, as, as the petty one. A little bit. I'm not giving them 11. Hey, so you didn't even wear freaking 11 to start off the year. You wore 86. Go back to 86. What the hell's the difference? I'm not you know, and, I, and I think, okay. Went, well, you know, and, and Wentz was trying to be cool with it. He's like, all right, whatever. I'm going to change anyway. Yeah, Wentz I, was fine with it, but I think Michael Pittman was, uh, yeah, he's not getting 11. I'm not, he can give me any money in the world. I'm not giving it up. What? Okay. Dude, I'm, I'm sorry. If you're paying me to give up a number, I'm, I'm giving it up. You don't even so. have to pay me. Like, if you want the number, have it. I'll pick a different number. Does doesn't matter what the hell your number is. It matters. I'm all about the crest. All about the, the 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 name on the front of the jersey, not the number and the name on the back. That's how it should have been. I'm not. I mean, I would be like that. But that's how that's how every NFL or every person who does that should should be like. Yeah, I don't care about what number I wear. How many number eleven Pittman jerseys are are walking around? Indianapolis uh probably a few not a lot but you know there's there's probably a scanner I, I don't know you know I don't know how the Colts do in jersey sales I mean it's not a huge uh Carson Wentz base. will not be the number two selling was he number one he was number one at one point wasn't he I believe so yeah yeah, yeah I don't think he'll be out there with the Colts maybe he will maybe he will but good for him good luck 75 percent of the snaps please thank you <laughs> that's all I care about but no, I still have my bets on him to be. That was before my my Lenten giving up bets I put in for him to be the comeback player of the year and MVP this year. So we shall see. So I, 
it was in, it was an interesting interview with him on, and I don't want to talk, you know, Carson Wentz, but uh, it was an interesting interview with, with Pat McAfee. You know, he. They don't want to talk. Wentz, seemed, I don't want to talk McAfee. <laughs> he, he seemed more relaxed. He was very open. Like it, it, it seemed like a, weight has been lifted off his shoulders. He's it, not playing it, for it, how seems, it seems like a, di- you know, it seemed like a different guy. Like, yeah. Um, you know, we'll see. It's a shame. I mean, it, it truly is a shame. I mean, I remember going to the first softball game that he held and thinking, oh, I'll be doing this for the next 10 years. Did it once, and then COVID came, and that was it. <laughs> now, now he's not even an eagle anymore. It's, it's yeah. the whole the whole situation is mind boggling to me. Really, it really is. Like it's that quick, and I, I'm not even. I guess it is a downfall. I guess it is just a. He just free fell from ginger Jesus to get him the hell out of here in a couple months. It's a shame. Yeah. And who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll see 75% of the 75% or 70 in the playoffs, right? Is that the 75 parameters? Get that in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting when the, when the trade was announced, the Eagles say for a conditional first, the Colts say for a conditional second, you know, just how they, how they describe the, the deal is. Uh, I guess you can look at it really either way, right? Either way. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I'm, the Eagles are going to, the Eagles are going to say they got the most. So they're going to say a conditional first and the yeah. Colts are going to say that they, you know, were, were able to I mean, get if I were to Colts, if I were to Colts, don't you kind of almost wish it's the first and not the second? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if it's the second, that means he's either absolutely blown or he's gotten injured again. I mean, you don't want that if you're a Colts fan and you don't want that if you're an Eagles fan this year. Right. Very odd how we look at how we look at trades now. We're like, all right. I hope he does good this year. Then don't really care after that. I don't pick number two. Then after, then after that, hey, if, if we see him in the Super Bowl one year, uh, we beat his teeth in. But so wouldn't that be hilarious though. If Foles comes back and God forbid Jalen Hurts gets hurt, Foles leads the Eagles to the Super Bowl, and there's the Colts and Carson Wentz looking at us. That would be. That would be some type of a Disney movie. At, at your, uh, at your, your, uh, your sequel to, uh, at your sequel to the, the the Nick Foles story that everybody wants to put in a movie. But now, wouldn't that be crazy though? Doug Peterson coaching quarterbacks on Frank Reich's staff after he doesn't get a head coaching gig, <laughs> right? The, the drama could be oh endless. Oh my god, that would be, that would be amazing. Man, it seems it seems to be that it wasn't wasn't his problem with the Eagles coaching staff. It seems to be the the Howie Roseman thing again, right? Yeah, shame. And now we're giving Howie Roseman praise. My head, uh, modest, a little bit, a uh, little bit, a little, little bit, a little, little bit. Little little bit. Little I'm bit. trying to I'm trying to call it even, right? I, like, listen, gotcha. I'm I'm not this, you know. I'm with you though. I'm with you on that. Howie. Uh, doesn't do anything uh, right. There's a little bit of right this week. We'll, we'll give him that. Yeah, it's everybody was kind of taken back at how it was like that, and where we were under the cap without the moves that we thought would have had to happen. Fletcher Cox had to go. Um, Derek Barnett had to go. Um, Javon Hargrave had to go, even though he had just an an off year and 
he was injured to begin with. So, and Zach Ertz had to go. All these guys had to go to get under the cap, and that didn't have to happen. So I I wonder if that's more of a product of just fans believing everything that's on over the cap, under the cap. (laughs) Whichever one it is. Yeah. Or if it's just. And and I think it, you know, it it proves, I think, reporters and everything. It's not just over to cap.com. Reporters and everything, I don't probably don't have a as good a grasp on the cap and, and you know us included right of, of and they were like taken you know, we, back by it like all those tweets from like zach berman and les Bell, yeah they're like, like oh, oh how the hell did he do this like what is this maybe you're just not as smart as you thought <laughs> oh and to be fair i mean they you know they were 17 over right the, the brandon graham was close to 10 marquise goodwin was four mm-hmm. um you know so that's 14 of it jake elliott uh, was one Jake Elliott was one. So, I mean, there you, you covered some of it. And then whatever other deals, you know, a few dollars here and there that, you know, maybe the, you know, reporters missed or something like that or over the cap had wrong and, and you're suddenly compliant. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful they are. So, hey, we were able to get Anthony Harrison and hopefully uh, some other players to boost up the secondary. If, we, if they can do a trifecta of Anthony Harris, which is already here, a Dory Jackson, and either um, Quan, Har- uh, Quan Harris, Quan Alexander, or Eric Wilson, I would be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I, I, I would, and a T.Y. Feel... Hilton to come in here on a show-me deal to see if he can get another deal elsewhere or here next year? I would feel really good about that. We're, we're talking me saying the Eagles are going to get four wins. And if you're not a fan at four and 12, don't be when they're, when they're six and 10. <laughs> uh, but hopefully they're better than, than six and 10. But my, my thinking on that, are we ever going to get, I don't think we'll get to the, the to the Sixers and Flyers. We're, we're, we're back to being, um, oh, what's happening upstairs? Phones are ringing. Um, I completely lost my train of thought. It sounded like a stampede upstairs. What was I? What was I talking about? Oh, the the, the being bad. Like, not. I'm not hoping they get four wins. I just want the high draft pick because I think it's more of a long term rebuild. It's not a hey, they're Super Bowl contenders next year. That's my thinking. Like, I, I'm not going to go into every game and bet against the Eagles. I'm still going to bet for the Eagles, and every game I'll still probably pick them to win because I'm. I'm probably one of the biggest homers out there. So that's just how it is. I can't root for them to lose, but I want a high draft pick. Absolutely. So yeah, maybe certainly maybe the Colts can can play seventy or the Colts. Carson can play seventy five percent of the snaps and be four and twelve. Maybe. <laughs> I think I think at that point he would have been benched. So Yeah, I don't know. Do they I mean it depends on who their backup is too. So what, do you think that's like in the back, in the back of their minds? Like say they they've clinched the playoffs like week 14, right? What's the point in playing them the last two games or three games technically? Well, I guess it depends clinching the playoffs versus seeding, right? So if, if I think it would be very rare that yeah. they'd be locked into the their seed, yeah. you know, with, with two games, two or three that's games true. left in their schedule. So mine was very you're... hypothetical. <laughs> Even if they have the division, which they could, I mean, they could win that division that early, early. right? Yeah. Jaguars aren't going to be, uh, 
that tough next year, likely. Houston's probably not going to be that formidable next year. It'll be them and the Titans. Um, yeah. You know, so if the Titans come out and and Titans are losing don't, pieces, don't look as good. You know, the, yeah. the Colts could get that division early, but then I think you're competing with you know, you know, the Chiefs. Top and, three seeds. What are you going to get? You know, yeah, but who, by week 14, after? the Chiefs could be 13, 14 and 0 or 13 and 0 at that point, I guess. Yeah. And and you're already locked into the three seed. And but are you going for the two, right? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Or is the two attainable at that point? Are, are you 10 and 6? And, and the first two seed, the number two seeds are, are uh, what? 14 and well whatever. if you're if you're if you're 10 and 6 well, you're not benching Carson Wentz at that point because your next game's the playoffs that that is true yeah but but if you're if you're if you're 8 and 6 and you've already clinched your your division and you're you're locked into whatever seed you're going to get what's the point in playing him the last two games yeah no and is that going I, to be I, under 75% at that point so Lots I think 75, 75 is like four games, right? So, but, you know, if he misses yeah. two games during the during the season or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and know, remember, we'll, we're still technically in COVID times too. So that's going to play into this. Is he in contract? Uh, contra- again, contract. Contact tracing. I'm trying to put two words together here. I've had two cups of coffee and it still ain't working. Um, what if he's in there for two games? What if he's in there for three games? I mean, that, that would kind of be unlikely, but, you know, it is what it is at this point. So lot, lots of stuff to look at for, for the Eagles coming up. But hopefully Carson Wentz is good this year. Not good. Good enough. Good enough. Good enough, good enough to play, but, you know, also gets us a, a fairly decent uh, first-round pick. Yeah, I'm, ho- I'm hoping for top 15. I'm hoping they right. don't make the playoffs, but – well, even if they make the playoffs, we get a first round pick. We, the Eagles, get a first round pick. So, but then you're looking at 18 to 24 ish, right? Yeah. So, 20s. Yep. I mean, you can still get a good player there. And they can, the Eagles can still trade both of those picks for a higher first round pick. So there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of ifs, ands, and buts uh, coming around. Yep. So definitely, you know, hopefully we're, we're seeing the, you know, the Eagles make uh, some moves with free agency as well to bolster their team uh, and bolster that defense, which is something that another team in the city uh, needs to do. And that's the Philadelphia Flyers. Mike, this team, since we last spoke, has fallen way out of, out of sorts. Uh, yeah. Just, you know... The, the defense, I, we, we were trying to look up, you know, giveaway stats prior to this episode, just the amount of giveaways that this team has, particularly in the defensive zone. Just, just awful play out of this Flyers team. It's absolutely, it, it, it's abysmal. It, it's hard to watch. It, it, it is tough to watch. I went, went to Chickies and Pete's for the first time in two years last night. Um, I really wasn't paying attention to the TV. I was more pissed about my waitress not bringing more than two beers to me in an hour and 10 minutes of sitting time. But that was, that was besides the point, 
then we got home and I turned on the TV. I said, you watch. They're down 3 nothing at this point. And by golly, they were down 4 nothing By the time I started watching, and I clicked it right off and I started watching ghost shows. That's how bad it is. Um, I never miss Flyers hockey. I rarely, rarely miss it for something, um, whether it be an Eagles game on a Sunday or whatever in, in the late fall or, or maybe I'm, I'm out golfing or we just have something to do at that point. But, I mean, 27 goals given up in the last five games, that is awful. That's like, that's like high school numbers. That, that yeah, is and- absolutely <clears throat> abysmal. And uh, Jamie Baskow, who, who runs a blog for the Flyers, yeah. uh, tweeted out recently, the Flyers have allowed 51 goals in the 11 games in March. So just it has to be some this, sort of record. This defense is just bad. And, and you know, but I know everybody Carter wants Hart, Ghost to play, right? Yeah, everybody wants Ghost to play, which literally, guys, like, one, this team needs more than one, just one defenseman, right? We probably need two or three defensemen to, to fix this issue at this point. Two, Ghost isn't your defensive defenseman, right? He, he's not going to be the one that shores up this defense. Yeah, okay, maybe it helps the power play a little bit, but, but Ghost, it, like to be arguing over Ghost, Ghost isn't going to be the difference maker on – should he be playing over Prosser? Yeah, maybe. Ghost isn't the difference maker on, on this Flyers team. To to act like Ghost being in there is going to you know suddenly not have a six one game against the, the Islanders, you're just fooling yourselves. I mean, if you really get down to the numbers, I mean, people were saying I was saying he probably should play over Gustafson, right? Not according to the plus minus. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, not, he's a not minus. According to that, what's he? What's ghost on the season? Minus he's minus three, three. And, and minus, minus three. three. Okay, and 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 uh, Gus is plus one. I mean, that's really not not as close as it really really looks like. But but it's it's this number over here, the giveaways. Um, on the season, Gustafson has seventeen giveaways. Right now, let me get back to to ghost because these were the numbers we were looking at earlier, and and ghost has. He only has 10 giveaways. So there, there's where there's where the, the numbers really start to, to speak to you. And, yeah. I mean, Ghost is having a better season than what it looks. I swear those 10 giveaways, four of them were on that one shift. <laughs> I think I was tweeting out, like, get him on, put him somewhere in the locker room and lock him away after that shift. I really do. I think he had four giveaways on that one shift. Um, but but his, his numbers are better. Um, than Gustafson I mean he, he's providing more offense which I think when what's, they put when they put more what's the games played for uh, Gustafson on the season he has the Gus has 21 and, and um, Ghost has 20 okay so comparable games yeah but Gustafson certainly you know is leading in in the giveaways yeah, Gus, right I mean he's he's a hundred no that's that was back in 2015-16 he had a face-off win <laughs> let's go real deep in the numbers there and seeing that the hundred percent in faceoffs and not this year, but it's just it's just how it yeah. is. My my whole point, yeah, okay. Gustus Bear, Prosser, Gustafson, like you shake them up in a hat and pull a name out and, and, and plug them into the lineup. Yeah. Putting in Gustus Bear with his ten giveaways over Gus, you know, Gustafson with his seventeen. I 
that's not helping that team last night that lost six one, right? No. That that's not a that's not a difference. This this team overall just needs to play better defense. Needs to, yeah. They they need better defense. I, I'm just looking at um, who we want to pull up. Let's pull up Philip Myers and see see what his numbers are looking like this year. Yeah, he's played 21 games. Um, he's only had 10 giveaways, seven takeaways, so he's a minus three on that, which isn't too bad. But but his plus minus is a minus 10. Um, that's what i was thinking My, philip myers is the minus 10 right um he he is just not having a good year the the defense on a whole and for a six for a six five 212 he needs to play more physical than, than he is as well yeah, so and, and, and then then we got travis sanheim too i mean he's also a minus 10 he is even on giveaway and takeaways which is good for a defenseman um he's taking the buck away but he's making some more plays. games or more games played as well he's so played he's, every game this year i believe yep so that that is, he is having a decent year. Besides that whole Sanheim Myers pairing, just is not. They're they're giving up more goals because they're missing assignments. They're not necessarily giving pucks away. Their problem is they're usually playing with like the second line who thinks they're the Harlem Globetrotters of the NHL, um, and just makes pass after pass after pass in the defensive zone and gives it away, and then then they're in on goal against a, a, a defensive pair who is trying to, to make it up the ice. And, and that that's not a recipe for success. Um, now we're going to our last one, who is a, our best defenseman who has actually played every game. And that's, that's Ivan Provorov. He's a, he's a plus four on the year somehow. Um, but, but if you look at his giveaways, he has 29 giveaways. He has the most on the flyers as a defenseman this year. And he only has two takeaways. I would argue that he's having the worst year out of all of them. Yeah, relative to where we expected, uh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. And twenty-nine giveaways. I mean, logs a lot of ice time, so it gets a hell of a lot um, of blocks. I mean, he has fifty-six blocks too in twenty-nine games, which is godly numbers. So yeah, but it's mostly because he passed the puck to the other team. <laughs> Half of those numbers are. He had to make a save, <laughs> but I mean, that's where we're at. It, it's, but that's, that's kind of always been his game. He does give the puck away. He does. He's a puck moving defenseman. He's a defense. He's literally every defenseman you want rolled into one. He's trying to make the stretch pass. He's, he's bringing the puck out of the zone. Um, and a lot of those giveaways probably might be on the power play too. They might not just be in the defensive zone because we yeah, all know and that's Flyers what... fans, the power play is the, the passing plays. So it's yeah. just, it's just how it is. Pico passing play. I yeah. mean, that's the thing too. That That's what we're missing the context here. I bet you, if you looked at, uh, you know, we, we said Gustafson, you know, his stats compared to, you know, Sanheim and Myers, you know, uh, to me looking at where those giveaways are and whether they're in the defensive zone or, um, you know, the offensive zone it is important. I think they only measure giveaways in the defensive and offensive zone. I, believe they don't track and, and giveaway and takeaways is, is kind of a a you know it, it's a debated stat but I think they only track them in the offensive and defensive zones not in the neutral zone um, yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to see of, if they do one that. Of the I'm sites. looking at the yeah. advanced stats now and because one of the things I was trying to find looking at the stats is just overall as a team right it seems like every defenseman has at least 10 Right. Yeah. How does the Flyers rank and, and why that's important? They had 20 giveaways last night uh, in that 6 1 game. 
how, how do the Flyers rank overall in the NHL in terms of giveaways? Because it sure seems like they're just not handling the puck well, giving it up, setting up the, the opponent with prime scoring chances. And then, you know, the, the goalies are, you know, the, the goalies certainly aren't standing on their head. I think some of them you can say, hey, team let them out to dry. And then some of them are just, you know, not – you know, great play out of the goalies either. The, the goalies yeah. in the defense on this team, and, and it's both now at this point. Brian Elliott kind of, you know, kept the ship afloat a little bit longer, but, you know, he's starting to show uh, cracks as well at this point Yeah, uh, it, in his play on the season. It's it's just all around just yeah. not great. So Carter often. Hart this year has had six quality starts. So he said under – under three runs average and, un- and six innings pitched. <laughs> I don't necessarily know how, what's a quality start. So it's a save percentage of 88 and a half or higher and 20 shots or fewer against. Wouldn't, shouldn't that be the opposite? 20 shots or more against? Like 20 shots or fewer. To me, that's the, that's the defense. I mean, the goalie's not, 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 in in control of how many shots he faces that's that's how it's read right 88 and a half on nights with 20 or fewer shots against that's kind of weird go go back to it yeah sorry so it starts with a state it starts with a save percentage greater than the average save percentage for the year, right? So how many games? So I guess it's continuously thirty-three percent that's happened based on the average save percentage for the year. Or if you're not above the average save percentage, you have at least eighty-eight and a half percent save percentage on nights when you have twenty or fewer shots. Because yeah, if you have less set. than twenty shots and give up a goal. Right, you're automatically at you know eighty five percent. It would one twentieth is. I guess that's ninety five percent, right? So, I I guess they're trying to they're trying to adjust for nights where you don't face a lot of shots, and therefore one going in may lead to a low save percentage. Yeah, the 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 real stat you got to look at right here is the really bad starts. Which is a, that's that's absolutely spectacular. I love Corsi. Corsi is I don't even know how to read it half the time. But but really bad starts. He's had seven quality starts. He's had six. So you would like that number to be flipped and a lot less really bad starts. That that's my yeah. Thing. I mean, I mean if you look at it right. Yeah. Game started eighteen. Mm-hmm. Really bad starts seven. So of his eighteen starts, seven of them have been qualified as really bad starts yes that's not good enough like that that is and and that doesn't mean that he is you know the next great you know bust in the flyers or in in the nhl he's having a bad season and it's a like you know i think sometimes you know flyers fans get a little outraged it's like he can have a two things can be true he can be having a bad season he can also you know, still be a phenomenal goalie in the future for the Flyers. Yeah, for sure. Um, Those two things can be true. And it seems like just 
people don't get that. They're either in one camp or the other. They, they try to hide that, you know, no, everything that he's doing is, is all the defense's fault and he's not to blame at all. There's that camp, and then there's the camp that he's absolutely terrible. There's, there's a space in the middle where reality actually is with, with Carter Hart. Yeah, this is not time to jump ship or anything like that. It's just we're looking at some numbers, um, and, and these are the numbers that are in front of us. I mean, he's just not had a great year. And if you look at Brian Elliott, he hasn't had a great year either. I mean, it's just not a good year for Flyers goalies at all. And, and that, that's, that's partial, partial credit goes to the defense. Partial credit, credit goes to the, the turnovers by the offensive players in the defensive zone. And then partial credit goes to the, the goalies. They, they, they need to – I mean, it, it's kind of hard to say, oh, the goalie needs to stand on his head night in and night out. That, and we know that doesn't happen in the NHL. But you would like him to make a few saves that maybe he shouldn't have. And that's just not happening this year. And, and yeah. you know what? So be it. That, that's just kind of how it goes. So we shall see how the rest of the year turns out. It, it's not, it's not the end all be all the flyers aren't done. I mean, there's still a, a, a pretty decent chunk of the season left, so they can right the ship. Um, my, my, I don't know. Did you do the, uh, the bet too, for them to, to win the Stanley cup? <laughs> I did. That's not looking as good for us now, but you never know. Hockey's crazy. The St. Louis blues were the worst team in the NHL. Um, in January, the year they, they won the Stanley Cup. So crazier things have, have happened. Yeah, for, for sure. And, and who knows? I, Mike, are you in the camp that AV must go? No. Seems like that, you know, that, that is starting to, to build on this team. Um, that, I, uh, think a tra- I think a couple trades have to happen first. I think we need to shake up the team, right? I, and I think – you know, you got to look at the, just the core of this team, why, why this is happening, right? You would expect it after 9 nothing for this team to really kind of hunker down and, and start coming out and playing better. Yeah. You know, that they barely eked by, you know, you know, that the second game, you know, the first game after that, and then to get your doors blown off against the Islanders. I mean, there, there's something just the, – the team isn't clicking, and you coach through coach through coach – you gotta, we gotta address it uh, soon. Yeah, for sure. But it's a long right, season. So that's enough flyers. Sixers, real quick on the Sixers. I know we're 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 getting a little long here. Sixers seem to be holding their own without uh, Joel Embiid. Tough loss against the Bucks. Which is good to see. Good, good to see. I mean, yeah. you know, back to back nights against. Yesterday um, they had nobody too. They had no Ben, no Joel end up pulling it out against the, no the Seth Kings. Curry, nothing. That, that's what we needed to see. We needed to see that, you know, how this team would respond and they seem to be doing well. Just got to have faith that Daryl Moore is able to, you know, kind of make a trade that, that puts this team over the top, but they're just, they're playing really well without their superstar. And that is certainly uh, encouraging to see for sure. Yeah. It's uh, I, I put it yesterday. They're weathering the non Joel in the squad storm very, very well. Um, they could have easily won that game against Milwaukee. I, I thought they, they should have won that game. But that was, it was good to see against one of the better players in the NH, in the NHL, in the NBA, um, they, that they, they held their own, took them to overtime, and, and almost pulled it out there at the end. And then yesterday they scored 129 points. Yeah, to, Tobias Harris, Shake Milton looking good. So, you yeah. know, that Tobias is definitely uh, 
picking it up. And, and even that Bucks game, I mean, back to back, that was a tougher Knicks game than we thought they were going to have. So to come, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, they were up 15. Yeah. Bucks weren't, Bucks weren't hitting anything early in that game. You knew that was going to turn around. So for them to go back to back against, you know, a, a feisty Knicks team and then to play one of the better teams in the East and bring it to overtime without your star player. I I'm not worried about that Bucks team at all on the playoffs. You know, if we have to face them, I'm actually looking forward to facing them. Uh, sweep. In the NBA sweep, sweep. Fo, fo, fo. That good. See what happens. See what happens. I feel like we, we really cut the Sixers short. <laughs> well, next, they, next episode will go a little longer on the Sixers. We'll go a little deeper in the Sixers, but I know we got to get uh, we got to get beers. I got one bet that we can yep. share, and then we'll we'll cut it for sure. I I've had it up, Tom, the whole time. Aren't you happy? The, the I, entire time she's been there. We're back. We're back. By the way, Billy Carrington's going to be in Wildwood, right? In Wildwood this summer uh, at the concert. So the only thing, the only thing with those, um, the only thing with the, that concert seems like Chris Stapleton. Um, he was another one that that was doing doing some type of concerts, but he just postponed all of his concerts. So I'm hoping Billy Carrington does not do that. Um, but but my beer this week was cloud sourced. Um, I think it was Free Will Brewing Company, but it was a very good hazy IPA, um, like seven and a half percent. Very, very good. Last night I had um, at Chickie's and Pete's, I had Juice Bomb by Sloop. That was probably the best beer I had all week. Um, that is a phenomenal beer. That, that was, I don't remember having it before. I probably have, but last night it was awesome i mean it was nice and cloudy nice and hazy nice and hoppy uh i think i, I think i said i was as i was drinking it last night it tastes like a tastes like a fresh cut christmas tree <laughs> it was a, it was a very enjoyable beer those are those are my two big ones uh this week yeah juice bomb was my pick for uh Kayvon wallace last year yeah yeah it, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. so you're right you're right you're right, you're right. yeah very good uh Hazy IPA. Uh, I'm going with a beer that I had, and I'm typically not a sour guy, uh, but the place that we went last night had some limited options. Uh, so it, this was from Big Oyster Brewery, uh, Marley, and it's a fruited sour, but I got to be honest with you, I didn't get a lot of this, you know, the, the sour out of it. It still drank very much like a, like a hazy tropical IPA. So nice. Definitely um, one to check out. I'm, I'm, I was hesitant to go with the sour, but looking through the beer list, I had, you know, there, there was some good options on there, but ones that I had tried before. So I said, let me give this, um, you know, let me give this sour uh, a try, but it had the juicy, you know, kind of juicy, like IPA style flavor. Definitely the, you know, the fruit came through with it, you know, so definitely it was, it was listed as a sour, but a fruited sour. I wonder if that's just like a, a um, like, like they had to do that because it had like, it's technically a fruit beer. Most fruit beers are sours. Possibly, but definitely uh, drank more like a, like, you know, one of the hazy IPAs that we've talked about uh, on this show. So, you know, like it. good work out of uh, Big Oyster Brewery. They're out of Lewis, Delaware. Um, Big Oyster Brewery and Marley, a fruited sour, 6.5. Uh, alcohol by volume. I'm, yeah, I probably when I check it in on tap, I'll probably give it like a three point seven five in that oh. area. But 
Cloud source was two roads. I, I got to give okay. credit where credit's due. I knew free will didn't. I knew it was two words. <laughs> I couldn't remember what else was on the can. I don't have any more cans to go look, so I just had to look it up. That's that's two roads, um, cloud sourced. I don't have the the song queued up for bets. For bets, yeah, but I'm so. pulling up my bet. And I mean, you money, have money, you money, money. <laughs> yeah, don't don't do that. <laughs> I'm pulling it up now. So obviously, my pick for this week. I told you before. I like the, the second weekend, you know, or the, the round of 32 games. I like to do uh, the kind of eight pick parlay uh, that I like to just, you know, string the games, how I think they're going to play out. Now this round of 32, I think has a tendency to go a little bit more chalk than what you get in, you know, kind of the, the round of 64 games. So uh, very chalky, um, you know, eight pick parlay. I got, you know, Illinois over Loyola, Chicago, Arkansas over Texas Tech. Again, I said I have Arkansas getting to uh, the Elite Eight, so definitely Arkansas over Texas Tech. Uh, Florida beating Oral Roberts. Uh, I saw some brackets out there, Oral Roberts versus Moorhead State. Uh, I don't that's think that game one. ends up happening. Uh, <laughs> that's, that was Florida, a real fun bracket. Florida will take, uh, Florida will take Oral Roberts down uh, today. Baylor. Obviously, I have them going to the Final Four. So, Baylor over Wisconsin. Oklahoma State, Cade Cunningham, I have them beating Oregon State in the battle of states beginning with O and orange and black. But other than that, Cade Cunningham gets the win for Oklahoma State. West Virginia over Syracuse. Yeah, Buddy Beheim and his, you know, scoring uh, will go down against uh, West Virginia and, and the press. Press Virginia for the win there. And then – Rutgers, another local team, but they will, I guess, Northern New Jersey is not too far, but um, they will go down to Houston. And then the final pick, Villanova Wildcats over North Texas. Of course, I couldn't have, I could not do my parlay without having that. That's the eight picks for today. I'm going to see how it goes throughout the day. If there's a couple of these, you know, maybe the uh, Arkansas, Texas Tech, or, you know, West Virginia, Syracuse, where I might, do a little hedge going the other way. $10 bet will get you 160 on this 18 parlay. So if you tail, hopefully we all win some money. No, I won't be because I'm trying to stay as, as good as I can during, during my, uh, during my Lenten sacrifice this year. Well, th the move is the move is that I I've had some success uh, so far with the tournament is when the, you know, the higher seed is down at the half. Typically, you see where they're getting even money or, or something yep. close. Kansas, Kansas yesterday. I bet Kansas at the half. I got even money. Kansas ended up pulling out the win. You know, so just on the money line. So definitely look for those opportunities out there if you're betting the tournament. Kind of have that that higher seed, that lower seed. However you say it, the the, the better team down at the half. You know, the, the lines adjust pretty. Um, pretty quickly i was able to get uh kansas at even money at the half yesterday so i bet them um uh, to pull that out and and they did so there, there's some money to be made in the ncaa tournament i got two more weeks tom i could do it you bet the final four i can i can i will i will be i will be doing that for sure but yeah i, I did a I think you can have up to 12 i was doing like fun ones right just just kind of throwing stuff together to see what would happen 
Um, they they capped you at twelve games for the first round once you once you put your parlay in, which was pretty disappointing. But that I would have I would have actually lost my parlay by two games. So I was close. I would have had a 10, 10 gamer. Okay, it wasn't too bad. And I think it was two late games too that I got wrong. So I probably could have cashed out, which I probably would have. Probably would have cashed yep. out like $300, $400-ish. The other tip I got is uh, if you want to – if you think a team's going to win, you, you set up your bracket and you have Illinois going, right? The futures market, I wouldn't go there. I think the better strategy is to bet Illinois on the money line each game. So if you start with 5 bucks, you know, that, that first game against uh, – they play Drexel, you, you're probably getting on that game, you know, maybe $5.05. And yeah. But then roll that into roll that five oh five into the money line on Loyola Chicago uh, today. Get some bank there. Roll that into what the Sweet Sixteen, and, and just let the games roll yeah. as opposed to doing the futures bet. You typically end up with doing more money that way. I like it. Next year, I'm not giving this up, so I'll get to I'll get to do that for next year. <laughs> there you go. I gave up beer the one year. It was tough. Yeah, this is. Um... You get like the itches. <laughs> My leg shaking thinking about it right now, but yeah, I've been doing I've been doing pretty good. The only the only bet I technically did was I got into the bracket thing, but I don't really count that as betting per game. So that's just something you do every year. Everybody does that. That's for entertainment that purposes. That doesn't yeah. that doesn't count. But yeah, all right. All right, so we're going to wrap it on that for this week's episode. Obviously, tune in the next couple of weeks. We're going to be talking Eagles draft. We're going to be having our beer draft again where we take the Eagles draft and, and we have it. Um, and I will forget uh, by next year what beers we had. There you go. I, was, <laughs> I think I had the juice bomb as one of them too. <laughs> oh, but, um, you know, obviously we'll, we'll talk some Phillies too. JT yeah. Real Muto in the lineup today as designated hitter. So obviously we'll do, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have some Phillies talk as well. So definitely a lot more content coming from a couch in Delco, but we'll wrap it here. Check us out on Facebook on a couch in Delco also on Twitter at on Delco. And then for Tom, Mike, thank go you birds. very much for listening. And as always, go birds, go birds. Go.